I've told you this before, but when I was in seminary, I had a professor who was a preaching professor. And he said to us, you know that the word pulpit comes from the same English word as gallows. Now, I don't know if this is even true. I've never looked it up. But I didn't believe it. And he said to us, therefore, you should know this. That every time you step into that pulpit, there's a noose around your neck. And God has his hand on the level. Um, that sort of stuck with me in a way that you could only imagine uh, speaking to the person uh, your entire vocation. Um, and so I tell you that because I had a son of a man like this, ready to go, worked on, thought through, and for some reason said, no, I'm not doing that. We're going to piss what I got out of I don't know, you know, I don't know if the news is still working out here, but I'm probably a little safer for just a moment. I just want to tell you about this day in Peter's life. The disciple Peter, you know, the, the, the friends that he had, they didn't think of him as St. Peter. St. Peter is the church in the Vatican. You know, it's the, it's the, the central hub of Roman Catholicism, and it is a been a hub of Christianity for centuries. But he wasn't like that St. Peter to his friends. He was this, this kind of goofy guy who was impetuous and brash and an active person thought later, this is the St. Peter. This is the Peter later. It wasn't St. Peter. It was Peter the, the, the one who would you know, just kind of jump out and do something. And that Peter was in the garden just a few days ago. He was in the garden with Jesus when Judas shows up with soldiers. John tells the story that Peter takes a sword and takes a swing at this fellow who was a soldier, a cop, and, and it, he cuts his ear off. Now here's what I think. I think that Peter, first of all, has no business with the sword. He's a fisherman, right? Fishermen don't carry swords around. Unless, unless they start to think there's going to be trouble. And I don't think that he wanted to cut off this fellow's ear. I think he wanted to cut off his head. He was taking a swing at him would play a fatal blow, not just an injury. And he missed. And Jesus shuts down the whole fight enterprise, doesn't he? He reprimands Peter and says, no, not none of that. Heals this fellow and um, says, here, take me. You are 
man, Jesus. And Peter's like, no, I'm getting you happy confused. I'm not who you think I am. If it wasn't me, I don't know that man. And then John says, Malchus is cousin. The same person whom Peter had just cut off his ear, his cousin, comes to the fire and says, surely you were in the garden. You were there. No, not me, says Peter. I never knew that. I don't know who you're talking about. Three times he denies that he even knew Jesus. And now here we are, you know, beyond Easter, some days later, Jesus has appeared already twice to disciples, and now they're out fishing. Peter said, I'm out fishing. Everybody laughed with you. So they're out fishing. Jesus shows up. You've heard the story. Catch anything? No, they catch anything. Try to put your net on the other side of the boat. Some fellow standing on the shore, not a fisherman, not a fish. Yes. But they do. And there's this big catch. Somebody says, It's Jesus. Peter jumps out, swims over the shore, leaving the boat behind. These guys are kind of pull in, runs up to me. You can't forget the denials, right? I think Jesus' appearances were pretty quick. They were, they were momentary appearances. They were, he's with you, you know, receive the Holy Spirit, and then he's gone. These kind of little instances. Peter hasn't had a chance to sort of have a conversation. So, you know, about that night, <laughs> you, you probably know. You surely know what happened. Sorry. It's hard to say that, right? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? People love to say those things. I wasn't wrong. I, let me mitigate my, my bad behavior. Let me, uh, let me give you some reasons why I'm sort of the victim in this whole thing. You can't do that, really, can you? And then Jesus has this conversation with Peter. And he asks him a question. Do you love me more than these? This is the first question. More than these. And what are these? It's, it's difficult to look at this pronoun. That what are you talking about? These what? These fishermen? These, uh, these fishing tools? These 153 fish? I was stunned by that. 153. It occurred to me that somebody had to sit in my practice and like, Love me unconditionally. And Peter, of course, says, I did 
I, I love you like a friend. Do you love me unconditionally? I love you like a friend. Do you love me unconditionally? I love you like a friend. Do you love me like a friend? Yeah, I love you like a friend. You know, there's a lot going on here, and, and various uh, scholars have given different opinions about that. I feel like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, we're getting hung up on something that's probably not as important, not that it's unimportant, but it's not as important as we make it. And certainly that we read into it things that probably John never intended. But it at least means this. Do you love me like a friend?
love ought to motivate us. If love is a verb, it has to do something. 